You're listening to Geek Girl Meets. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Geek Girl Meets. You're joining me, Kathy White, for the next instalment where, of course, you know by now, I'm just going to sit here and get my geek girl crush on because I'm sat opposite someone who is awesome and I want to learn all about their career. And today I'm delighted to welcome Zilia Litvin, the psychologist and founder of PsychApps, who I'm totally going to nerd out about because one of the things that we're going to talk about today is something I'm super passionate about talking about which is mental health. So welcome. And please, before I launch into that first question, tell us a little bit more. What do you do? Well, I'm a psychologist, a clinical and systemic family therapist, and I have a company, a digital mental health company called PsychApps. And we have two products. One is evidence-based that treats depression, and the other one that is in a beta phase right now is an emotional fitness game that teaches you psychological skills that helps you kind of like up your game in the game and in life. Okay, that's very cool. I'm going to refrain now from asking all of the other questions that I really want to ask <laughs> and go back to the beginning. So I did give you a little bit of forewarning, but when you were little, what did you want to be? Well, I'm a bit embarrassed to say I don't remember 100% other than wanting to be a princess. <laughs> I think a lot of girls, a lot of young girls, we all have that stage, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I was thinking about the dresses and the horses and the castles and the, the banquets like I like to eat as a kid, which unfortunately I still do. <laughs> But that is the thing that I remember. Okay. So how do we go? How do we go from princess to psychologist? Well, actually, that's a quite interesting transition because I moved around a lot as a kid. And I think I stopped wanting to be a princess around like eight, nine, ten years old. And I had just moved to Germany and I was a little bit lost in translation, I guess you could say. I wasn't getting along with my peer very well. And I always felt like I I hadn't quite understood what other people were understanding. I didn't understand why they felt the way they did and reacted the way they did. So my sister on on her 15th and my 12th birthday got a book about body language. And that completely blew my mind because it felt like getting a manual to understand people and to finding a structure and somewhat rules and why people were the way they were. And that's the day I decided to become a psychologist. Uh, I spoke with my mom and I said, like, this is amazing. She said, oh, there is a there is a profession called psychology and it's all about the, the human uh, reaction and behavior and emotions and everything that that's it since I was 12. Well, there you go. So you did kind of know, you know, other than princess, when you were a little yeah. girl, you yes. still class 12, as yes. little, you wanted guess, to be a yeah. psychologist. Yes, exactly. So how did you go from, you know, 12 year old looking at a book about body language to actually becoming a, a psychologist? What did you, where did you go to study? Well, I did a couple of detours because uh, after f- finishing school, In Germany, you have to have very good grades to be able to study psychology straight away because it's kind of like overcrowded and they only take the top thing, 2% of the population can study straight away and the rest of the people have to either do something else or they have to wait, waiting semesters. So I went and did occupational therapy and education as occupational therapist and I was scouted as a model in H&M and I went on for modeling for 17 years. (laughs) There you go. So slight tangent. (laughs) Slight. Slight tangent. So let's talk about the, the modeling career. Yes. I, I've never been scouted, funnily enough. <laughs> My sister was scouted once. Nothing oh, yeah. nothing came of it. Okay. She went for like a little a little yeah. pap shoot. Yeah. But you know, what was that like? Was there all of that international travel that, yes. that you kind of associate with, with it yes. all? Yes. It started out, I was still doing my occupational therapy at the beginning. So um, I did tiny little gigs around the corner for like 300 pounds here, 500 pounds there and very local. And then the first time my big trip was to South Africa. 
And because in, in um, the German market, in they shoot the summer season in the winter. So yeah. they have to go somewhere else where it's sunny. And so like all of the German fashion productions goes to th South Africa because the weather is beautiful. The light is different. The, you know, it's just a beautiful city. And then they shoot there for a couple of months and then they all go back and do the summer <laughs> in um, Germany. So I kind of fell in love with modeling and traveling in South Africa. And I did like my first pictures, my first proper pictures there, my first editorial and everything in South Africa. I met my first models. I remember coming into the casting and there were like 200 beautiful young colleagues of mine and me freaking out. It's like, I, what am I doing here? And then it was, it was quite overwhelming at the beginning. Wow, that's incredible. So, so South Africa, where we just like name drop places. Yeah. Now. Where, where else did you end up flying off to? I, I, I did some kind of an app game of like what kind of countries you've been traveling to lately, and I went to seventy-two different countries. Wow. So I modeled in Singapore. I was in Sri Lanka. I was in India. I have been to Africa. I was in the States. I've been to every European country, pretty much everywhere. But my my the most of the time I was in Germany. So like most of the year, let's say six months, seven months in Germany, and then I'd be traveling the rest of the time. Wow. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's very, very impressive. I'm, I'm not jealous at all. Um, <laughs> not really. I mean, is it though? Because, you know, like I happen to be tall. I happen to kind of like my body form fit the mold as a certain extent, even though I was always one of the chubby girls. Like I would be just borderline, like almost, I've been sent home because like my butt was too big. So like it's, it's a very vicious and fast market as mm -hmm. well as fun. Like I've traveled places, I've seen things that, you know, people don't often get the opportunity, but I've been called ugly, fat, my hair was too thin, my skin was too bad, you know, you name it at the same time. So you're celebrated and you're crushed at the same time. Yeah, I, I can completely get that. But I guess it's kind of in in a way, you know, you get that in different industries. They're, yes. they're not not necessarily someone saying your bum's too big. I mean <laughs> yeah. that's just I mean, that's cool for someone to be like, yeah. Okay, bully, harassment, go yes, away. Yes. But in other industries, you know, you do have the the highs mm -hmm. and you have the lows. Even yeah. in the tech industry, right? Yeah. We've got those moments yeah. of super glamour and then you yeah. have over moments where you're like, Oh great, more pizza. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so yeah. it's a bit of a mix. So yeah. how did you so you did that for 17 years? Yes, exactly. And towards the last seven years, I, I picked up my studies because it had been my major dream all along that I said, I want to be a psychologist. And the modeling was kind of like, it just swept me away. And But I always had it in mind that I wanted to be a psychologist. So I, I enrolled at one point in time. I had more than enough waiting semesters. And I did my studying alongside the modeling. And so it took a bit longer because often there would be like a job come in the day of an exam. I'd be like, do I want this exam or do I want the money? And then sometimes the money would overweigh because easy come, easy go. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, and I it pretty much just stopped like a year and a half ago, stopped modeling. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so you've still been doing a bit of modeling while you've been setting up the company. Yes, yes, exactly. And I have to say, I make as much now in a month that I used to have them in a day rate. <laughs> Very different, right? <laughs> yeah, like I, I am the poorest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the highs and highs and lows of starting up a business yes. and having that reality check of going, yes. okay, yes. slightly different lifestyle for a while. So how did we, just to kind of clarify like the last few years, mm -hmm. so you kind of flipped from still doing the modeling, but yeah. getting back into psychology mm -hmm. and, and studying. Did you practice as a psychologist as well for a while? Yes. Um, so during the education as a systemic family therapist, you have to do a certain amount of hours where you're working with 
couples, individuals, and families. So I did that. I started an open practice and I had a few clients that way, but the startup started kicking off more or less during that phase. And then I only do pro bono now a few hours. So I don't have a practice anymore. But actually my my company started out as part of my education. So it started out as my PhD. Okay. And I went and I pitched to my professor in Germany in Ludwig Maximilian University. And I said, you know, I want to do something modern. I want to bring psychology up to date because psychology is is very conservative and rightfully so because there's a lot of responsibility, right? But I thought, okay, an app, for example, on our smartphones, we have our smartphones with us all the time. It's with us when we sleep. It's some people take it to the loo. Like, I'm not saying I do, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think 99% of the population have taken their smartphones. Exactly. So it's like always with us. And that's where we need to access therapy because it's a comfort zone. Like people feel comfortable. It's very private and it's always accessible. So that was the beginning of my, my company was actually my PhD thesis. Okay. So why, why have you ended up in London? Well, I was thinking I had, I had three options. I had either Silicon Valley, New York, or London. And New York, I think I'm just too old for New York. <laughs> it's too fast. It's too furious. Like, I, I'm not going to do that to myself. Silicon Valley was a bit far from all my friends and my family and yeah. everything. And London, I love London. I love the attitude here. I love that there's like history and there's education and you have the best and the brightest in London and you have the worst of the worst in London. So it's, it's really a pool to grow and to, you know, still have access to the world. Yeah. I think considering what you're building as well and the products that you're working on, it's also probably a really good market to test certain things, yes, right? Yes. Because, well, again, it's a fast paced city mm-hmm. and we you just look at like latest figures, the number of people that are going to have a mental health related yes. issue is ridiculously high. Yes. So it's probably not a bad test bed. Yes. It's, um, and you know, they're not like Brits or British people or English people. I haven't quite understood. Like <laughs> what's the difference? Well, well, the difference is English is just England. Okay. British is effectively the UK. So okay. Scottish Okay. Northern Irish, Welsh, English. Okay, so I don't know too much of the, you know, the, the Welsh and the Scots and everything. I just met English people so far. So I would say the English aren't quite as far as Americans in regarding being open to therapy and talking about mental health and everything, but they are a far ahead of, for example, Germans or French people or Spanish. So it is a good market to start. And the NHS, the beautiful, beautiful NHS is really pushing for digital help and, you know, furthering help for mental health so that's that's a great starting point too yeah it's it's interesting so you know because we've talked about this before but I'm a big advocate for talking about mental health because I've had issues since I was a teenager but you know it's weird I had a conversation with someone the other day and I I realized that I've been very close to booking a therapist, but yeah. I've never booked one. Yes, yes. And it's it's that that thing. I've like looked at a couple of different sites that are available now. You know, they they make it much easier for you to discover someone yeah. locally that you can go talk to. And yeah. I get as far as reading about someone, and I've never yeah. clicked the button. Yeah. And I think that's I'm I'm speaking very generalistically, but I feel like that's quite a big thing yeah. within the UK. It's that I think I want it and I need it. I'm not sure whether I am ready to go as far as that. Yeah. Whereas, as you said, in the US, yeah. I mean, that's just my therapist said. Yeah. It's common practice, isn't <laughs> yes. it, to talk about yes. what you're going through. Exactly. Do you, do you say, like, can you pinpoint what stops you? 
I, I, I know it. And it's actually, I'd be really, really brutally honest on the podcast. I had a full blown, like full blown meltdown about this with my boyfriend a couple of weeks ago. Cause I realized that I really need to go and just talk yeah. to someone. Yeah. And you know, it's that additional stress now of running a business on your yes. own. You're like, oh, that's a lot more pressure yes. than there was before. But one of the reasons I, I don't do it is because I'm so scared of what it's going to unlock. Yes. Yes, when I go Pandora's do... box. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not sure if we're ready for that level of crazy mm-hmm. to come out of my brain yet. Mm-hmm. I know I need to do it, but it's. I think that's the thing that holds me back. Yeah, so I'm seeing a therapist once a week because the stress of having a startup is extraordinary. And I feel like this is the perfect time to grow as well. And one thing I can tell you is that getting to know yourself is actually quite a beautiful process. So you think you might be opening a box of ugly and pain and fear and all of that. But alongside that you will actually see like your resources. You will start to see yourself with more compassion and with more love because that's what therapy does. One of the reasons why we're unhappy is because we don't view ourselves with compassion and love. But when you're growing and you start seeing and your therapist points out like, why did you do this or that? And you're kind of discovering along the way that you're actually a pretty awesome person with a lot of resources and a lot of a big heart and, you know, smart and everything in that. That's a joyful experience. And while you're doing the different steps, you're also gaining the strength to deal with the nasties. Mm-hmm. So it won't you won't be left overwhelmed with a situation that you just can't handle because it's too painful because you've been building up your tool set at the same time. So you will only meet the challenges that you can actually overcome. Okay, I so I'm, you. I'm now sold on therapy. Yes. Yeah, I will. Okay, I'm going to promise you that I'll book a therapist section, uh, session by yes. the end of this week. That oh, will happen. Good. I will do it. I need to, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, you have, you always have that ever-growing list of all of that yes. stuff that I need to get done. Yes. And, and that's the one that keeps yeah. keeps falling to the bottom. Yeah. yeah, and it's the most important because the stronger you are, the better your relationships, the more strength you have for your business, and the happier you are. Yeah, well, exactly. So I definitely need to do that. But aside from getting me to a therapist, that's not why you came along to the podcast. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about what you're building with Psychapp. So what it, what is available to someone if they turn to you? Yeah. So the first version of the app was um, pretty much an evidence-based treatment that could help depression. And we did a clinical trial with it and everything. It works like a charm. The problem is that people weren't sticking to it long enough. Retention in psychological digital mental health tools is very bad, and that's throughout all of the existing ones, even more so than like fitness apps and things like that. So I got to thinking, how can we change that? Like the best app in the world is not going to help anybody if nobody sticks to it, right? Mm -hmm. And I looked around of like what's going on, who's making money, and who's being successful, and other than social tools like WhatsApp or Facebook, that I don't think we can overtake. And you know, it's it's about social contact. All the other big Money makers are games. And gamification and gamifying therapy is, in my opinion, the key to getting people to stick to therapy. And so, through serendipity, I and my CTO, Medbuki, I met the CEO of Collision Studios, a gaming company that has been working in Los Angeles for over 15 years. They've worked on uh, games like The Game of Thrones, The Work- Walking Dead, they're working on game- Guardians of the Galaxy right now. They have Barbie. Like, it's insane on what they're working on so they really know their games and he has been looking for like a psychological project for a couple of years and the chemistry was instantly and I I always had ideas but I didn't know how to actually 
transform them into to features in the app. So a kind of a funny story is I did wireframes and I sat my boyfriend down. I forced him to do the wireframes to learn a psychological skill. And he hated it. And he's like, ah, this is so boring. I don't want to do this anymore. But he sat down and he had to do it, right? And so I told them about that and I sent them the files and they had a laugh about him. And then like a week later, they sent back the gamified version of that. And it blew my mind because it was so much simpler than I had thought. Because I'm coming on with the academic side and with my knowledge and everything and repetition. And you can learn it a lot easier. And the thing is that my boyfriend was still talking about what he had learned like half a year later. So it was in his brain, but he hated it. And yeah. unfortunately, I can't sit down and force people to play a game, right? But if you are able to to deliver the same message in a fun way, it sticks just the same. So uh, that's how what we're doing right now is we're doing a gamified tool to learn psychological skills. Okay. And is this available now or are we still kind of waiting for it to come out? So it's available in Australia and New Zealand because we are we did a soft launch and we're doing our beta testing and everything there. But for anyone who doesn't live in Australia, we are in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign. And if you sign up and you contribute, you have access to the beta. Okay, cool. So, okay, so on that note, tell us more about the crowdfunding campaign. Where can people go find out more info? Okay, so if you go to www.eqgame.com, EQ spelled E-Q-U-O-O-Game.com, there's a sign-up list and it takes you straight to our Indiegogo page and um, to our crowdfunding campaign. And you can sign up and if you contribute a certain amount of money, please do. <laughs> get the startup founder grovel ready yes, yeah exactly. then um you you get early access to the beta and you can play around as much as you want and you can give feedback and become part of the eq family to help shape very powerful tool and how much are you looking to raise through indiegogo 25k okay so it's just enough to implement the artificial intelligence that we want to do so most of the app is already done but our budget is running out and that's the last feature that we need and that's why we're out there to kind of like get in touch with people, tell them about EQ and help them implement artificial intelligence so that we can lead the users to the part in the game that they benefit from the most. Okay. Very, very cool. So once you've closed off the Indiegogo campaign yes. successfully, obviously, of course. Yes. What's what's kind of next for the rest of the year? What are you working on? Yeah, so I, I think I mentioned that EQ at the moment is a positive psychology mental wellness game it's an emotional fitness game so it doesn't actually treat mental illness and we are raising a seed round of 1.4 million to be able to implement therapeutic features that treat depression and anxiety so we're using the the same kind of setup as the game but while you're playing the game you're actually treating your depression and your anxiety Okay, so I'll be downloading that as soon as it's available. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> but, it's, but it's interesting talking about the gamification side of things because if mm -hmm. I think of some of the apps that I'm using the most at the moment, yeah, one of them that I recently got in like the last couple of months and I've become obsessed with it okay. is Peak. Yes, which Peak, is great. It's brain yes. intelligence yes. training. Cognitive training. Exactly, yeah. which I, I'm loving because it's really super addictive and yeah. I like beating Kathy from before. Ooh. Mm. Yes. It's like competitive with myself. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I completely see the, the reasoning behind it and I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah. But before the app is ready and yes. available, to anyone out there who might be already suffering with anxiety or yeah. depression yeah. or they know someone will recognize that something's not right, what what would your first piece of advice be to someone? Well, if you have the feeling that you are suffering from low-level anxiety or depression, I think the best thing you can do is meditation with breathing. 
download an app like I love Calm. I use Calm every day. It kind of saves me in stressful situations. And it's 12 minutes a day. So come on, like anybody can do it. Yeah. Breathe, bring down your heart rate, bring oxygen to your brain, calm your body. And then the second thing is exercise. Not extensively, like three times, four times a week, 20 minutes. It just because in stress situations, we have a flight or fight. And we usually don't complete the cycle. So, you know, you either freeze or you feel like you're fighting. So you get anxious and you get all worked up. And then the stress, like the phone call ends or whatever happened ends. And then it's still in our system, the cortisol and the uh, noradrenaline and everything. So if you go to the gym, you're kind of like completing the cycle. You're getting the, 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 the stress hormones out of your blood system and your body knows, okay, it's over. And then, you know, you can go on. Otherwise, it just kind of, kind of builds up. So those are the first two things that I would say that are the easiest and anybody can do it. Yeah. If you have the feeling that that is not enough and you know that your friend, your partner or yourself might actually need help, go to IAPT. It's I think it's IAPT.com. It's an NHS program that gets you into help fast and it's specialized in depression and anxiety. It's still going to be a bit of a waiting list. If you have money, Instead of buying those pair of shoes, that bag, that laptop, go to a good therapist and just, you know, indulge in yourself and, and get that help as like tomorrow. Yeah, I it's interesting on that point because if I think about in moments in my life where it's been really bad. Yeah. And it gets to a point where I ultimately end up in a doctor's office and I'm bawling my eyes out yeah. and I can't stop crying. And they kind of, they almost yeah. kind of panic yeah. as they should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then it is the... The option that I was always ever given was the the take these pills mm -hmm. or it's the, you know, we'll get you on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. And the, the thing that was always so crushing was the waiting yeah. list yeah. because you just in your head, you're like, it, it always thought it was going to be months and months and months. You were always yeah. advised as well that it was going to be months yeah. and months and months. And when, you know, this was particularly when I was a student, you're like, I don't have yeah. money to go see a therapist, yeah. Yeah. which is tricky. So you know, def it's nice to know that there is now I apt. I've never yeah. heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. It's instant access to psychological treatment or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So coming back to you as a founder, so you're just talking about using calm. Yes. Um, um, yeah. What What else are you doing or like habits that you've kind of created to make sure that you, you know, kind of, I know we never necessarily stay centered for too yeah. long, but a yeah. little bit more kind of like balanced in the whole chaos of building a company. Yeah. Some, something that's really helped me is because every morning I have the feeling like this mountain of things that I have to do, emails and this, and then I remember that and that, and I have to get in touch with that person and, and it just builds up and I feel like it's, uh, I can't do it. It's too much. It's overwhelming. So what I do is every morning there's um, a certain journal that I use. I think it's called Better Self or something like Best that. Best Self. Best Self. That's what I use. Yes. Yeah. Best Self. Isn't it amazing? I love it. Yes. I keep preaching about this book yes. so much. Yes, exactly. And it has a lot of positive psychology in there as well. So you start out with writing what you're grateful for. And it kind of like trains your brain to see positive things, which is incredibly important. And then I really map out half hour wise what I'm going to do the whole day. And then I have the feeling of control. And I put in my meditation in that slot. I put sometimes like if I'm really, really lucky, I can have like half an hour nap. And I'm all about naps. So I love naps. I naps miss are the naps. best. Yeah. yeah. It it happens like maybe once every two weeks, but then oh I celebrate that nap. <laughs> and then I think really the the best thing that I have to force myself to kind of acknowledge are the three Buddhist mindsets, non judgment, non attachment, non resistant. And non attachment I think is really strong. Like 
Right now I'm waiting for a journalist to write something about me and he's not getting back to me and it's driving me crazy. And I have to say, I have to detach myself from the need to get that article and it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. And, you know, that's hard. <laughs> I know. It's really, really hard. As a PR professional, only ever take a journalist as 95% certain. Oh, yes. It's the, the unfortunately, it's the nature of the news. Yes. yes. And working with people. Yes, exactly. And, you know, that's just, you have to let go sometimes and you not get to attach to an idea or to a need or money or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. That's really good advice. I love that you're using the best self journal yeah. as well. I'm obsessed. <laughs> For those of you that, that aren't aware of this book, the concept is you have three major goals that you strive to achieve over a 13 week period. So one of the things that you kind of fall into a trap of with a business is you always have that big goal mm -hmm. and everything is striving towards that big goal, but it's really hard to keep plugging along when yeah. it seems so far away. So the 13 weeks allows you to break it up mm -hmm. into much smaller attainable goals that you still strive for. And mm -hmm. then you create habits based yeah. off of them. Yeah. And then the thing that I really love about that book is that you focus on what you're grateful for. Yes. You celebrate your wins, no yes. matter how big or small. Yes. But the other thing is, is you don't spend too long focusing on failures. You turn yes. failures into lessons. Exactly. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, it's awesome. So yes. highly recommend that book. Yes. I feel like I should get them to sponsor the podcast. I'll yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I'll just email them and be like, we had this great chat about the best self yes. company books yes. on this. Let's see what happens. Cool. So one of the other questions I wanted to ask you was for you know, just for kind of general inspiration purposes, mm -hmm. what what are you kind of turning to to keep you motivated, keep you kind of inspired in the, the hectic world of starting a company? Well, my end goal is that everybody has easy and affordable access to mental health. That is like, just imagine a world where instead of, you know, accumulating until you're sitting in the doctor's office in tears, you can build up the resilience and the skills in a, in a fun way. And then if it does go over the top and you do need help, you can still get a certain amount of help right away, straight away in a, in a game form and everyone. And so we're going to do a project so that everyone in, for example, Europe or the States who downloads and buys something in the app, like a subscription, is unlocking the game for someone who doesn't have that kind of funds. So you're doing something charitable and we're reaching out to try to cover the whole world, get everyone access to it if possible. I love that model. It's such a good model. I mean, there's so many companies that are turning to that for such yeah. a massive variety of different yeah. services that yeah. it's... Yeah, such yeah. a good way. Yeah, and you know, it's kind of like a buddy system. Like you're doing something good for yourself and you're helping someone on the other end of the world. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Literally some other yeah. Kathy version yes. of Kathy, not necessarily Kathy, I don't know, yeah. who else. Other side of the world. Yeah. Getting the support of me. That would be cool. Okay, yeah. uh, sign me up. Yeah. One of the other questions I wanted to ask you is if you can go back to when you were younger, not, not 12, not that far yeah. back, but yeah. say when you were starting out in university. What's one of the big pieces of advice you wish you could give back to your younger self? I think I would say don't study so half-assed. <laughs> I, I skirted things a lot and got away with it a little bit, but I didn't go in depth. And just when I started working on my PhD, I actually started reading research papers and going into the studies. And first of all, it's really fun. Like after you give over the linguistic and you understand exactly what they're saying and how things are built and everything. And then second of all, you learn so much and the world opens up much larger than if you're just sticking to, I don't know, 
copies of summaries that another student did for you just so that you can ace that test. Yeah. I think that's what I would have said is like really go to the library two, three hours, get into flow, study and just, you know, discover how beautiful a subject psychology is. That's really good advice. If someone listening wants to get in touch with you or find yes, out more, <laughs> how can they do that? Well, there's a, a contact form on the website that goes straight to me, but you can also reach me at zilia at eqgame.com. And I will respond within 24 hours, even with a maybe like, let me respond in a week. <laughs> we are in the middle of crowdfunding, so a lot of people have questions. But, you know, spread the love, tweet about us, have a look share everything you know about us you know let us know if you if you like the idea and what you would like to add awesome well thank you very much for joining the podcast thank you so much for having me well I just love being able to talk about mental health yes I think it's super important that everyone talks about mental health yes and I, I yes. love what you're trying to achieve with the business so best yeah. of luck with the crowdfunding thank you very much I will be chucking money into the crowdfunding oh yes Woo-hoo. and it's recorded so it has <laughs> yeah. to happen now like, yeah. and you're uh, doing an appointment so two things that yeah, you promised yeah, me. yeah yeah there's two things that are gonna happen <laughs> on that note thank you so much for listening to this episode of Geek Girl Meets now just as you may have heard last week if you tuned in but if you have not heard before then you're about to learn we record this podcast in a podcast studio at runway east featherstone street which is right by silicon roundabout so if you are based in london i highly recommend checking out the co-working space that's available here or the private offices if you are a team of one to 100 people they have got something to suit your needs and if you head over to their website which is runway ea.st and use the code geekgirlmeets then you can get a bit of a discount as well when looking at them and I've heard rumour that the discount is about 20% so you should definitely do that until next week thanks for joining us bye you can follow Geek Girl on Twitter at GGMUK sign up to our newsletter on the website at geekgirlmeetup.co.uk and you can like our Facebook page Geek Girl Meetup UK 